Once again, I've been given a laser pointer. Uh, it appears a lot less in this show than the last one. Show is a keyword. So firstly, everyone in the room knows me. I'm John's little sister. I'm also related to Dawn and that one vaguely through preference. I don't know why. Don't ask. It's a long story. But firstly, I am not here tonight to solve this issue. I can't do that. I'm not a trained psychiatrist, nor counselor, nor pastor, nor leader of a church. And so in John's words, I'm here to talk to you all as my friends. So my aim for tonight is to shed some helpful light on perhaps why so many of us relate to this question and to reiterate what Mark Triggs said when he told us that depression is not an affliction of the weak. So, I'm not trained in this. I do, however, have experience. So, so far with my own personal journey through depression and anxiety, the lowest I have felt alone was with suicidal thoughts. The river and I are not friends. The river and I are not friends. This is the most alone I've felt so far, but I'm a realist. I don't know what life has ahead for me. By the way, guys, I edited my notes slightly since you read them. But you know what I realized? I knew that God loved me. I still know that now. God loves me. But people don't talk about the part of depression that I was in at that time. The part where you just don't want to do anything anymore. I'm also counting which of my siblings I make cry first. Everyone talks about when it hurts like hell and you can feel everything and it's too much. But no one ever talks about when you're just lying there in your room or walking alongside the river up and down, back and forth. With a hole inside your heart and soul that you just don't know how to fill. I win, I win, yes. Um, for the recording, John is crying first. It's like his wedding all over again. No, I thought that was Joe. He is here, yes. <laughs> the time when you don't want to do anything, nothing at all appeals to you. Not the art that you used to do, or the writing, or the singing, or anything. So you spend your day just kind of waiting for it to end, and you don't really care how it ends. If it ends, it ends. It's horrible because you feel empty and guilty all at the same time, whilst feeling nothing, which Psychologists will tell you, kind of is a thing, maybe? We aren't quite sure. So obviously I pray that I'm the only one in the room who has ever felt like this, but again, I'm a realist. My boyfriend hates the fact that I'm a realist because I kick him up the butt about stuff. I'm a realist and I know that that is unlikely true. So, for you here in the room and for the recording, if this is where you're at, talk to someone. Okay. So I know that God loves me. This is how this quote starts out. And it made me so happy that it began with such a statement of truth that I was then crushed by the second part. Whether or not the people who voted for this question are in the room, I want to say to you that over you now. God loves you. God loves you. But why do I feel so alone? Here we have the crux of the question. Why do I feel so alone? 
the lie that we all believe. Why do we all believe this lie? Because it is a lie, okay? So let's draw out some of the lies we are tempted to believe during times of loneliness. I'm alone. The lie is that loneliness means that you are alone. This is false. It is not true at all. The truth is that as Christians, loneliness can be used to strip away the external comfort, comforts of those around us during times for us to find Jesus Christ, to draw closer to him. Blessed be the Lord, be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of mercies, and God of all comfort, who comforts us in our affliction. When John asked if that video could be played at the beginning, I watched through it and I was like, yes, they've only stolen one of my verses, which is evidence to the fact of how much this book tells us that we're not alone. Okay? Don't believe the lies. There are times when God will allow us to feel alone in terms of the world around us. By his grace, this is a season. It is to drive us deeper into his word, deeper into our own prayer with him, to him, having those conversations with our father, our brother, our lover. Yeah, sorry, blokes, that's an interesting one. Maybe that will appear in the Menti topics. If not, I'll write it in and conveniently not be here to answer it. Christ knows we cannot find true and lasting comfort in anyone but himself, since he's the only one who's God of all comfort. By removing the earthly comfort of those around us, the Lord moves us in two directions towards a deeper intimacy with our Savior, but also towards the unraveling of an unrepentant heart. Our hearts can ultimately desire comfort more than Christ, when Christ should be the only comfort. And I'm aware that I'm a hypocrite when I say that. He does not do this out of harshness. This is for a season. It is so our desire to have faith and provide, to have a deeper faith in him, a deeper relationship with Christ will grow. It's out of desire to increase your faith and provide for you only what he can give you. Christ alone, cornerstone is the song. Another lie that we're told is that I'm going the wrong way. That makes complete sense. <sighs> no one understands. Here's the other lie. So I'm the only one who's ever suffered like this. Woe is me. I'm the only one that's ever walked alongside the river. Um, I can tell you for a fact that is false. So I walked alongside the river Monday night, sent a text to someone rather dear to me saying, hey, can I crash your D&D session? Sure, why not? That's fine. You can come play with the cat. Got to play with the kitten. It was great. Kitten was an absolute pain in the butt, though. So Tuesday, Monday, Tuesday, walk alongside the river, get saved by Ben and Jerry's and some guy with a car. So Thursday, I finally fess up to my boss. Remember specifically sitting on the floor, hugging my kneecaps, going, I don't want to do this anymore. Much less coherent than that. 
Um, Friday comes along. I run a group, youth group on a Friday night. Friday night. Had the exact same conversation that my boss has had with me about suicide with a young person, with a building full of trustees, the people that pay me to do my job, and a young person that doesn't quite understand the realness that I understand that he's going through. So don't ever believe this point. That the only one who has suffered is you. For the truth is, in fact, that Christ will not ask us to suffer anything that he himself has not already suffered. And the many others that go before us through this book and through history on harder roads and harsher lives in order to bring us the comfort that they have received through Christ. This is a very old cartoon, but it's been updated with Spaghetti Monster, because why not? So this is, this is a person stranded on a roof. Fairly common nowadays. <laughs> stranded on the roof. No thanks, my God will save me. Someone in a boat. Someone in a fancier boat comes along. And says, oh, hop in. They're like, no, it's all right, my God will save me. Helicopter comes along. No, it's all fine, my God will save me. Spaghetti Monster appears. <laughs> no thanks, my God will save me. The ending of this cartoon is they go to heaven and like, God, why didn't you save me? I gave you everyone else around you that knew what you were going through, that were there to help. If the enemy can make us believe that there is truly no one who can understand, it will tempt us to shut others out. Even though those whom God has provided us with all the tools as support and encouragement. The danger of this isolation is that will lead us away from people surrounding us with truth when we need it most, instead sending us towards bitterness, deeper depression, hardness, regret, uselessness in the kingdom of God. Therefore, we must remind ourselves of this truth. For, we, for as we share abundantly in Christ's sufferings, so through Christ we share abundantly in comfort too. This is from 2 Corinthians 1, verse 5. Jesus Christ is the only one who can enter into our pain fully and completely. He alone knows our hearts, insecurities, fears, emotions, and desires. So we fight the temptation to withdraw by first realizing that Christ alone can fill the deep holes by letting the heartaches left by the heartaches of life. Our saviour does not cheer us on from a distance like a parent at a uh, sports day, that's what they're called. He comforts us with the assurance of our salvation, the power of the Holy Spirit, and the body of Christ, providing us with strength, courage, and boldness. Another lie. If I feel alone, I must not have enough faith. This is a dangerous one. When in fact, the truth is that holding fast to Jesus, despite loneliness, proclaims to those around me that it is worth walking the lonely path. We're not told this is going to be easy. It's the highway to hell and it's the short road, small road, thin road to heaven. It is a beautiful, Christ-glorifying picture of faith 
in my Saviour, who walked the painful and lonely road to Calvary for my salvation, for our salvation, hope and comfort. It is an honour and a privilege to be called to walk by his footsteps because it assures me that I am a child of God. I have said these things to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world you will have tribulation. But take heart, I have overcome the world. That is what he tells us. He has done all this before. Even the loneliness we experience of these painful roads is ordained by the loving hand of God. He is there with us the whole time. I nearly put the footsteps poem in this one. But I thought that was a little bit too 90s. Sorry. We feel alone, but we are never truly abandoned. Remember, he allows these seasons to produce in his children abundance, strength, unwavering faith, and exclusivity for the gospel, only turning to the gospel, to Christ, for help. Loneliness and being alone reminds us that this is not our home. I'm not a child of earth. I'm a child of God. That we have been commissioned to spread the gospel. The great commission is given to us to go out and spread the news. For God will be with us. Loneliness is not hopelessness in all this. And does not defeat us, but instead empowers us to know Christ more and make him known to those around us. The same way that with suicide prevention conversations I had with my boss, I then shared with a young person. My boss was fully aware, by the way, that I did it, because I was the one that the young person came to. It's really annoying when God uses stuff like that, because you're just exhausted at that point. So back when I found myself contemplating my relationship with the River Seven, I half-jokingly said that a guy with a car and things Ben and Jerry's saved my life. I found my fingers texting. This isn't a generational thing. I can text and walk at the same time without looking at my fingers. Yeah, I'm that kid that doesn't pay attention to the crossroads. My eyes were filled with tears. Can I crash your D&D &D session with an ampersand, I will mark. I found the message with an ampersand. A simple message to someone very dear to me. That's what saved my life. I half jokingly to friends that Ben and Jerry's distracted me from the knives in co-op. Ben and Jerry's was three pounds for a tub, and who would turn down that? I remember shaking uncontrollably. I couldn't. In that moment, God's promises were true. His promises are always true. He did not leave me, and he will not leave her. Don't worry, I'll cut this bit out of the talk. <laughs> nope, wrong way. I remember how to use a clicker. In fact, he used those moments to better someone else's life. The young person at the youth centre 
and a few others since then. So we are told. So my advice to you, regardless of what your point is with this conversation, or how silly you think I am for crying, don't care. I'm going to go hide at the back in a bit. Don't worry. My challenge to you is to take comfort in His promises. The book's full of them. The video at the beginning used only one of the ones that I'm going to give you. I don't even remember which one it was. There was this one. So you may never need to feel abandoned. So you never need to feel abandoned, because Jesus promises to be right there with you. He will even be with you through His Holy Spirit. I will pray to the Father, and He will give you another Helper that will abide with you forever. The Spirit of Truth. I will not leave you orphans. I will come to you. So many troubling situations in life can leave you feeling alone and insecure. God is a very present help at all times. God is our refuge and a strength, a very present help in all troubles. Even when those closest to your heart turn away, the God of love will remain with you, safeguard you, and tenderly look after your needs. When my father and mother—and I'm going to add this—and friends forsake me, sorry, John, I added scripture. Then the Lord will take care of me. There will never come a time when God will leave you to fend for yourself. The Great Commission ends with, "I will be with you. I am with you always, even to the end of the age." Sometimes it's a broken heart that leaves you feeling lonely, but the Lord promises to heal the wounds and hold you close to Him. He heals the broken-hearted and binds up their wounds. God is so faithful that you can depend on Him. On his care and attention, even if the mountains crumble around you. Oh, I missed that one out. No. For the mountains shall depart and the hills will be removed, but my kindness shall not depart from you, nor shall my covenant of peace be removed, says the Lord. In Isaiah fifty-four ten. You never have to feel that no one hears you, because your heavenly Father always hears and always understands. In my distress, I called upon the Lord and cried out to my God. He heard my voice from His temple, and my cry came before Him, even to His ears. Loneliness will vanish when you realize the Almighty God is holding your hand. He does not do this from a distance. For I, the Lord your God, will hold your right hand, saying to you, "Fear not; I will help you." The Creator of the universe is on your side. You get that, right? Genesis one, when he says he looked at the world and saw that it was good, that includes you. Like you were there in his mind at creation, 
The creator of the universe is on your team, and he will never leave you. Be strong and courageous. For the Lord your God, he is the one who goes with you. He will not leave you nor forsake you. So for our reflection today, tonight, this evening, here are some potentially hard questions that are going to stay up on the screen. Hard questions that may help when you feel disconnected from God. Answering these questions honestly will be worth your time. When you're hurting, where do you run to first? When you're alone, who do you miss the most? What are you connected to right now that could be distracted you from God? I want to draw our attention to the cross in the middle. This time today, it's been decorated with sheets of paper. This time of reflection is for you and you alone. Only you can answer these questions. Only you can be truthful about how you actually feel. When you feel it's appropriate, I invite you to come to the cross and to take a reminder of the promises from God, the ones you need to hear from tonight. They're just a piece of paper, you can just tear them off, whichever ones you want. Just walk up and rip off whichever one you need.